Okay. We have it. Okay. All right. We're just about ready to start. I think all the buttons have been pushed. And it's just. All right. Here we go. Welcome to number four of Dasya Sakya Vaidhi Rag. What? So what? Now what? Now what? We'll say some prayers. <laughs> Om Ajnana Timarandasya Yananjana Shalakaya Chachur Militam Jena Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Vande Guru Shabhaktan Sham Shabhatarakan Tapakasham Stutti Krishna Chaitanya Sangakam Vande Shri Krishna Chaitanya Nityanando Sahodato Bodo Dai Kushpavanto Chitro Chando Tamodo Pancha Kapa Tibrescha Kripa Sindhu Yadacha Patitanam Bhavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Vadadhar Shivas Adi Gaura Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Ram Hare Ram Rama Rama Hare Hare Okay Number four. And for whatever reason, this month there's five in July. So okay, there's going to be a number five. Uh, I guess as we have been doing, I will try to start off with a brief summary of what was covered last time. Um, See, this is number four. Number one, I tried to introduce the subject matter. So a, a, a synopsis of number one is Dasya Sakya Vaidhi Rag, what, so what, now what? So for number two, we got into the uh, uh, pastime of Sudama Vipra visiting Lord Krishna in Dvaraka. And then number three, which was last time, uh, we tried to fo start following a particular verse that Sudama Vipra said. We started following that verse around to other places. And the place that it led us to last time was out of the mouth of Murari Gupta. And that verse that was spoken was found in the 81st chapter of the 10th canto. I think it's number 16. Kvaham Drijapapiyan, Kwa Krishna Sri Niketanaha, Brahma Bandhur, Itismaham, Bahubhyam Tarirambitaha. Who am I? A sinful, poor friend of a Brahmin. And who is Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, full with six opulences? Nonetheless, I have been, he has embraced me with his two arms. 
So Sudama spoke that verse on his way home after visiting Krishna. And Murari Gupta spoke that verse after being praised by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Um, so last time we also talked about how Murari Gupta was fixed in service to Lord Garanga. And Lord Garanga gave Murari Gupta the order or said that you should worship Krishna. And Murari Gupta thought about that and tried to do that. And in fact, spent the whole night thinking about how he would have to give up the service of Lord Ramachandra. And he cried all night and then came to the conclusion that he could not give up the service of Lord Ramachandra. This was a big problem because being fixed in service to Lord Ram and being fixed in service to Gora and having gotten the order from Gora to serve Krishna, but not able to give up service to Lord Ram, it was a problem. And, and Murari Gupta did not see how to rectify this problem because here Lord Gora is saying, I have to worship Lord Ram. I mean, oh, said I have to worship Lord Krishna, but I can't give up my service to Lord Ram. Um, and it seemed like the solution that Murari Gupta had come up with was death. <laughs> it was like I should die because I'm not going to give up my service to Lord Gora, but he's telling me to worship Krishna, which means I'd have to give up Krishna, but I'm not going to give up Lord Ram. What to do? Uh, so he, Murari Gupta, revealed his mind to Lord Gora and Goranga was very pleased at the fact that Marari Gupta could not give up service to Lord Ramachandra. And later on, uh, we went to two or three places in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. I oftentimes go to the Chaitanya Charitamrita because it's a book designed for, as you may have heard, it's Okay, the Chaitanya Charitamrita is, as some say, is it's Krishna Das Kaviraj's synthesis of the Goswami's revelation. It's the last word from the Goswamis. Um, so that, that's one reason why the Chaitanya Charitamrita is a great book. I, I should say whatever my glorification of the Chaitanya Charitamrita may be will be inadequate, but that's the cool thing about this book too, that although it's very high, 
sometimes say the PhD level. Uh, one should go through the Bhagavad Gita for the basics and the Srimad Bhagavatam, Srila Prabhupada would say is like a undergraduate and then our postgraduate or something like that. And then the Chaitanya Charitamrita is the PhD. So it's, or you could say that the Srimad Bhagavatam is the cream of the Vedas and then the Chaitanya Charitamrita is even more condensed. But even though it's such a high book, it is also accessible to people like me uh, who are, I think the proper term is malecha. Um, malecha from an external viewpoint, meaning someone outside of the Vedic paradigm. But luckily, bhakti is available to even such people as that. And animals, you don't even have to be human. Uh, I digress. Um, so anyway, uh, we're mainly going with the Chaitanya Charitamrita because it, it's a great book. Anyway, in two or three places in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, we took from last time. Uh, there's one at the beginning of the book, and then later on, Lord Chaitanya was glorifying Murari Gupta after the Ratiatra when the devotees were going to go back home. And during that time, he mentioned that you, Murari Gupta, are actually Hanuman. So following the one particular verse from the Bhagavatam to the Chaitanya Charitamrita, and then since it was spoken from Murari Gupta, and we got the information that Murari Gupta is Hanuman, we then traveled back to the Srimad Bhagavatam in the fifth canto, the 19th chapter, there at the beginning of the chapter, I think it was verse seven, uh, there was a, some prayers that Hanuman, it's said that he chanted them. It's also said that he listened to them. And I later found out by looking at a commentary that this particular verse in question was spoken by Sugriva. Either way, um, the main uh, point, I've got to look through my stack of books again with, now I've got 17 books in my hand. <laughs> uh, I'm going to find that verse because this is part of the summary of last time. Let's see. Yes. Yeah, this is it. Na Janmanunam Mahato Naso Bagam Navan Nabud here Nakritis Tosha Hetu Tyriad Tan Apino Fano Kasash Chakara Sakye Batalach Mana Vajo Translation. One cannot establish a friendship 
with the Supreme Lord Ram Achandra on the basis of material qualities, such as one's birth in an aristocratic family, one's personal beauty, one's eloquence, one's sharp intelligence, or one's superior race or nation. None of these qualifications is actually a prerequisite for friendship with Lord Sri Ramachandra. Otherwise, how is it possible that although we uncivilized inhabitants of the forest have not taken noble births, although we have no physical beauty, and although we cannot speak like gentlemen, Lord Ramachandra has nevertheless accepted us as friends. Nice verse. And it hits on these points of uh, service, friendship, and so on. And it echoed another verse that was spoken by Krishna to Sudama when they were talking about the guru and Krishna was mentioning not by penances, not by being a Brahmin, not by material opulence, not by any material qualification does someone please me as much as uh, they can easily please me by serving the guru. So, that's kind of a summary of what we were talking about last time. And this time, I had planned on following one word around, but then that plan changed. And I think for our fifth time, we'll go back to that. Next time, we will look at the word kinkar, kinkarya, something like that. <laughs> it's all about service. Um, and we'll hit on that and follow it around. But this time, I also mentioned that we would follow another verse around. And it just so happens that today, it's a full moon, I believe. It's Guru Purnim, and it's also the disappearance of Trila Sanatan Goswami. And since Sanatan Goswami has some connection with where we were going to go, and these connections, it seemed like today would be a good day to go ahead and try to go there. So, the verse that we talked about yesterday, which is connected to another last time, which is connected to another verse. Let me find it on my stack of books. I'm gonna say this to try to hold myself accountable for the last time. I am going to try my best to figure out the technology to put some of these verses that we've been talking about up on the screen. Because not all learners are auditory learners. Some like to see things as well. Of course, you can look these up, 
but at the same time, we'd like to make it easy. So next time, I'm gonna we're gonna go back through a lot of these verses. I'm going to actually put them up on the screen. Um, so another verse from the Sudama Vipra is this one. Dasyaiva me sorida sakya maitri dasyam punar jamani jamani syat. Mahanu babdena guna layena vishadatas tat purusha prasanga. You may have heard some words in there. Would have been easier to see them next time. We'll put it up. Uh, some words, Sakya was in there, Dasyam was in there, Jamani, Jamani. Uh, but we're going to come down to the last word, Prasanga. And this word is going to take us back to the Chaitanya Charitamrita to a particular verse, which is quoted at least three times in the book. Once in the Adi Lila and twice in the Madhya Lila. And the two times that the verse that I'm about to bring up is quoted in the Madhulila happens in the 22nd and 23rd chapter of that book, which is part of the chapters encompassing the teachings of Lord Chaitanya to Sanatan Goswami. So in my mind, there's a connection to Sanatan and there will be further connection later on as well. So to get to that verse, it's the, first the word prasanga. Here, in the, it is translated as the valuable association. And also I did not read the translation of the verse by Sudama. Here it is. The Lord, is the supremely compassionate reservoir of all transcendental qualities. Life after life, Jamini Jamini, may I serve him with love, friendship, and sympathy. And may I cultivate such firm attachment for him by the precious association of his devotees. Prasanga. All right. So the first time this verse, uh, we're going now to the Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 3, verse 25, chapter 25, verse 25, 3, 25, 25. <laughs> Satan prasangan mama virya sambido bhavanti hrit karna asayana kata Dajoshanad ash vapavarga vartmani. Notice that word apavarga. We're going to follow that one around as well. Shraddha ratir bhaktir anukramishyati. You may have heard shraddha. Rati. Here's the translation. The spiritually powerful message of Godhead can be properly discussed only in a society of devotees. 
and it is greatly pleasing to hear in that association. If one hears from devotees, the way of transcendental experience quickly opens and gradually one attains firm faith that in due course develops into attraction and devotion. So this verse later, uh, quoted by Sanatana Goswami, right after he quotes those couple of verses that some of us have heard of, I don't know the verse, but maybe you have heard of stages of bhakti that include shraddha, sadhu sangha, shraddha, sadhu sangha, bhajana kriya, anartha navritti, nishta, ruchi, asakti, bhava, and praying. Uh, in two verses in the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu and a section about praying, Rupa Goswami puts this idea that there are general stages that a devotee goes to from Shraddha to praying. In the verse we're talking about right now, it was mentioned Shraddha to Rati. Rati is sometimes somewhat synonymous with bhava. If you get to bhava, you're, that's taking you to praying. So it's a, uh, uh, this verse in question is really talking about discussing the topics of Godhead with good association to take you from shraddha to praying. And this is a verse that I was thinking about when we added the postscript to the title, what, so what, now what? Um, in the purport to the Adi Lila chapter one, verse 60, where this Bhagavatam verse is first quoted, Srila Prabhupada, makes the point that the advancement of a devotee is shown by the willingness of the disciple to follow the orders of the spiritual master. We've heard from Krishna himself to Sudama that following the spiritual master was the surefire way to please Krishna. It was pointed out to me by one of my gurus uh, His Holiness Naranjan Swami, this particular purport to this particular verse with the idea that when we discuss the topics of devotional service with others, when we hear something that comes out of us to us from a devotee or the guru or the shastra, and it resonates with us, and we think, hey, I think I could put that into my life. That's a what. We're like, what? What's important? I, I noticed this instruction. I think I can do it. You know, maybe the instruction is to chant 
Hare Krishna. I think I can do that. Um, and then when you do it, you see what happens. So Shraddha, Sadhu Sangha. So Sadhu Sangha had association with devotees. Bhajana Kriya, I took something from that association, a, a practice into my life. And then what happened? So what? So what? Now what? So what happened? Here we are. What happened? And if something happened, then based on that, what will I do again? I'm going to try to connect this to our stages of bhakti in a general way. So bhajana kriya, you do something, and, the, and then there are three things that could happen that give one a clue that you are going forward in the spiritual path. There is a verse from the Srimad Bhagavatam in the 11th chant, canto. I don't know the verse. I know it has the words tushti and kushti in it. And I heard Ashram Maharaj quote it the other day. But basically, the analogy is this, that when you eat, there are three things telling you that the food is working. Uh, your hunger becomes satisfied. You get some enjoyment from the eating and you become nourished get energy someone can correct me if i'm wrong in the chat if you know this verse but i think those are the three things and similarly similarly uh one knows that you're going forward on the spiritual path by material desires diminishing so that's kind of an art and a britty they're going down uh becoming more aware of krishna's presence in your life and then some sort of spiritual happiness so through the association of devotees we get some instructions that we can put in our life sadhu sangha bhajana kriya and then what happens is some anartanavritti, so material desires are going down, and also an increase of shraddha, and maybe even some sort seeing the hand of Krishna in our lives, and so on. So that is this spiritually pleasing message of Godhead discussed with other devotees and then taking into our life can lead to that. So that bhajana kriya at first is called unsteady, but even with the unsteady bhajana kriya, anartanavritti is happening. Anartanavritti just means unwanted things are going away. And it kind of makes a, there's like a cycle of, I associated with the devotees. And I accepted something in my life from what they gave me. And I saw that material desires went away and I got some sort of spiritual pleasing thing from it. And I'm starting to see 
you know, the evidence of God or Krishna in my life. And what does that lead me to want to do? That leads me to want to associate with devotees more. It leads me to want to read the Shastra more with this idea of finding something that I can add to my life, that what, so that I can, can now uh, keep going on this process. Um, so, yeah, this is a great verse. And hopefully I just connected it to the idea of what, so what, and now what. Now to connect it again to, uh, I've been fortunate this last week. I've been fortunate in many ways. I've been fortunate in both comfortable and pleasing and uncomfortable and displeasing uh, forms of mercy this week, but even more so, I, I got to hang out with some devotees again. The other day, um, Amal Sham came by to let me borrow his trailer. And while he was here, we uh, spent some time together putting metal, old metal roofing in the trailer to haul away. Now you would say, well, that doesn't sound very exciting. Okay, thank you, Omkar. It looks like you got that verse from the 11th canto. Um, I looked at it in the chat. <laughs> uh, but while Amal Sham and I were together, uh, we decided to talk about Krishna and Bhakti. And that was really nice because I can't remember how we got on it, but we got on this verse that I'm talking about now. And then it reminded me of another time. And that's why I was saying, uh, we're going to go to the word Apavarga. <laughs> uh, it reminded me of another time that I was hanging out with a devotee, Madan Gopal, and we were driving to Saragrahi and we were reading the 22nd chapter of the Madhya Leela, uh, the process of devotional service, the teachings to Sanat Goswami. And we ran onto this verse. Now, when verses are repeated, it's a signal that they're important. Forgive me if I'm saying obvious things, but sometimes it's just nice to say it and hear it out loud. If, if we know that this Bhagavatam verse that I'm talking about was quoted three times in a book, it's probably important. Um, so while Madan Gopal and I were reading this other chapter, we noticed that a particular verse was quoted twice, twice in the same chapter, uh, once around the 40th verse, and then once again, 40 verses later at the 80th verse. And this verse, we're like, wow, that's interesting. There was no commentary given. <laughs> There's no, it, it said where the verse came from. And it was the 10th canto of the Bhagavatam, chapter 51, verse 53. And we saw, well, this is interesting. This verse is quoted twice, but nothing more is said about why. And Mudden had, 
a copy of Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur's commentary to the 10th canto. So we decided, okay, we'll read the whole chapter of 51, 10th canto, which was the deliverance of Muchukunda. For one, we were like, what is this going to have to do with anything? Not everything is everything. So it's going to have something to do with it. But uh, and we read the whole chapter and it's not until the end where you get to this verse. I'm going to pull up this verse, but before I'm going to pull up this verse, I'm going to read the uh, translation to the verse that Umkar provided with us to see how close or far away I was from it. Devotion, direct experience of the Supreme Lord, and detachment from other things. I was close. <laughs> so I guess devotion, you could say, is kind of like shradha. Direct experience of the Supreme Lord is also connected to faith and detachment from other things. Anartha navritti kind of. I mean, it's, these are all different things. Sanskrit scholars and uh, people who know what's what, I apologize. Uh, you may, you know, I'm sorry. Uh, but devotion, direct experience of the Supreme Lord and detachment from other things. These three occur simultaneously for one who has taken shelter of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. In the same way that pleasure, nourishment, and relief from hunger come simultaneously and increasingly with each bite for a person engaged in eating. So there's that verse, it's a nice one. And at a certain point when Amal Sham and I were hanging out, we turned to each other and just said, since we're together talking about this subject matter, we don't feel material disappointment right now. <laughs> in fact, we're, we're really in the throes of whatever we seem to be what, not the throes of bhakti, but we are well situated because we chose to hang out with each other and discuss topics of Krishna. I'm all over the place today. I apologize. Back to Madan Gopal and I driving to Saragrahi, reading the 51st chapter of the 10th Canto of Bhagavatam and trying to follow this other verse. I'm going to find it in my stack of books. Here we go. You'll hear some of these words. These are Sanskrit. Bhava Pavargo. There it is. Bhava Pavargo Brahmato Yadabavich Janasya Tarhyachuta Sat Samagamaha Sat Sangamo There's the Sangam Sat Sangamo Yarti Tadaiva Sad Gato Pra Bareshe Tvayi Jayate Mati Translation, when the material life of a wandering soul has ceased, oh, Achuta, he may attain the association of your devotees. And when he associates with them, there awakens in him devotion unto you, who are the goal of the devotees and the Lord of all causes and their 
effects. So this verse seems to be saying that after one's material life ceases, then a person gets the association of devotees. So when we finally got to this verse in Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur's explanation, we saw that Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur explained it in the way that there was a poetic rendering that reverses the cause and the effect. Because we've heard before that association of devotees stops someone's material life. But here the verse is saying that after one's material life is ended, then one gets the association of devotees. But Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur points out that the effect of the association of devotees is so quick that it appears that one's material life is ended and then they get the association of devotees. I hope I'm explaining this in a way that makes sense. What happened was you get the association of devotees and then your material life ends. But that's what happened. But what appears to have happened was that your material life ended and then you got the association of devotees. It happened so quickly that it appeared to happen before you got the association. Hopefully you follow that. It's this whole idea of time. And then, so this was something that Mudd and Gopal and I uh, were reading and we were like, what? <laughs> you know, it's like, what? The <laughs> Here's a what. Um, what what is what is important here? The association of devotees is so powerful that it gets rid of the material life so quickly that it appears that material life ended before I got to the association of devotees, even though the cause, the association of devotees to the effect, my material life ending was in reverse order. You know, saying that all out loud, it's hard to say. And I said it many times. Hopefully you follow. Um, so skip to a few days ago when I'm loading this trailer with Amal Sham and bringing it up. And we're like, this is time out of time. And this is spiritual versus material. We're still understanding how, still evolving in our understanding of what is material and what is spiritual, which I heard alluded to a little bit yesterday in one of the, in the interview uh, by Archana City, just this idea that spiritual is, is totally distinct from material. So time is just a whole other thing. Anyway, um, Amal Sham and I were just kind of going back and forth with that idea, and we forgot everything. He, to be honest, like before Amal Sham got there, 
I was just sitting inside trying to forget that I had a tooth pain. I had a bad tooth pain. I was like, uh, I was trying to eat something and trying to distract myself by maybe some entertainment. And then I'm all texted me saying, I'm almost here with the trailer. And I was like, great. Not really. I was like, oh, now I got to go do something. I got to, my tooth is hurting. But I went outside and then immediately we we just started talking about these things and then it, it was i forgot about my tooth pain um i forgot about whatever else was bothering me and we were just together even coming to the point where we agreed that for a moment we felt like we were in the extended gora leela <laughs> we don't know what it feels like to be with krishna but uh, we also discussed uh, how when one is situated in a proper place, according to our Adhikar, that our experience can be a very pleasant one, meaning uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur mentions that it is unbecoming to try to operate in a position beyond one's eligibility. But so uh, we weren't trying to do that. We were just talking about, uh, you know, Shraddha and Sadhu Sangha bhajana kriya nishta and topics that we felt we were able to talk about uh, and this is a whole side issue and today is meandering i apologize but uh, we're getting somewhere uh but we felt it it was awesome and i'm lucky to have some devotee friends to serve with and be able to talk with each other about Krishna. Let's see. Oh man. Okay, it's it's already getting later than I wished it to be. Um, I'm a long-winded fellow. There are two two other things I want to get to, and we'll have to go quick. All right. So. So far, we followed this verse um, from the Bhagavatam that started with the Sangha, and I also had the word um, something like Apabarga. Uh, we went to another verse, which is in Sanatan, the teachings of Sri Chaitanya to Sanatan. And I, I want to very quickly hit upon something that happened later in the Ancha Lila, and that's in the um, I think it's the around the third chapter of the Anjalila when Sanatana Swami visits Lord Chaitanya and Jagannath Puri. It so happened, you may not believe me, but this is going to be connected to all these other things too. To be honest, it all connects to everything. What can we do? Um, either way, uh, there was a time the Sanatan Goswami decided to go to Jagannath Puri. So he took the Jari Khand route. Sometimes he fasted. Uh, sometimes he drank bad water. 
And due to these things, he ended up getting a condition that had pus and blood like oozing from his arms and legs from his body. So he showed up in Jagannath Puri. And forgive me, I'm going to do a quick version of this. He showed up in Jagannath Puri feeling bad that his body was so, you know, had all these oozing things. He had a feeling that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would embrace him. And Sanatan was not happy about this idea. Um, so he kind of had feelings to himself that he was going to try to kill himself under the wheel of Lord Jagannath's cart at the Rathiatra at some point because he didn't want Lord Chaitanya to embrace his body with these oozes. Either way, Sanatan shows up in Jagannath Puri, goes to see Haridas Thakur, as he knew him. And soon after he ran into Haridas Thakur, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu showed up. When Chaitanya Mahaprabhu showed up, it, it's this. Every time we read about these things, it's it's nice. Sanatan showed up. I mean, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu shows up and he says, "Hey, Sanatan, I didn't know you were going to be here." He was surprised to see him, and of course, he hugged him. <laughs> Sanatan did not like that. And then uh, Lord Chaitanya was like. How's your brothers? You know, how's Rupa? Or no, he said, I, I just saw your brother. He and he's gone back to Vrindavan. I saw Rupa, and your other one has left his body. But let me tell you something. Something. He's a great devotee of Lord Ramachandra. So here we are connecting to some previous things. Uh, so Sanatan Goswami said, yes. He was a great devotee of Lord Ramachandra. Let me tell you this. Rupa and I tried to tell Vallabha about, about Krishna. And we suggested to him that he should worship Krishna. And he tried to consider this. And he really wanted to serve us because he's the younger brother, but it kept him up all night. <laughs> it was just thinking, he was like, I can't give up Lord Ramachandra. This was, and, and he had this conundrum. Uh, the younger brother of Rupa and Sanatan was thinking, I want to serve my elder brothers, but they want me to give up Lord Ramachandra and I can't do it. And so he went before the brothers, his elder brothers the next day and said, you know, I can't do this. Uh, and, and they were like, that's all right. That's awesome. You're fixed in love to Lord Ramachandra. And then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, wow, you know, the same thing happened with Morari Gupta. <laughs> I, I tried to induce him to serve Krishna as well. And he wouldn't give up uh, Lord Ram either. And, uh, Glorious is that uh, devotee who will not give up his master, and glorious is that master who will not give up his servant, uh, was mentioned. I just think it's nice that when they got together, 
they were going back and forth saying, How, how's everybody doing in Matura? Uh, how's your family doing? You know, this is the type of person that Gora Krishna is. These are the type of people that Sanatan and Haridas Thakur are. So anyway, uh, it, it so happened that as Sanatan Goswami was staying in Jagannath Puri, Lord Chaitanya would come and visit him and Haridas Thakur often, and they would talk about devotional service. And when these things would occur, Lord Chaitanya would embrace Sanatan and get the oozes on him. And Sanatan was thinking, I think I need to kill myself so that this doesn't happen anymore. And one day, Lord Chaitanya was like, if I thought that I could get to Krishna by killing myself, I would do it millions of times. Uh, but that is not how you get to Krishna. So he... He, he said other things, but we're going into quick mode now. Uh, basically, the idea was Sonatan's idea of killing himself was put to the side. He was like, okay, I'm not doing that. Um, but still, he's hanging out in Jagannath Puri, and he's getting embraced repeatedly by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and it was hard on him. And later on, there was another time when... Sanatan was going to a particular place and he had to take the long way around where he got his feet burnt on the sand. And when he was before Sri Chaitanya, Lord Chaitanya asked him, which way did you come? And Sanatan said, I took the beach route because I didn't want the devotees of Lord Jagannath to touch me. And Lord Chaitanya was like, you, you know, you, you burnt your feet and had blisters on there. And Sanatan was like, I didn't notice that. And either way, what I'm pointing out here is humility. That was one of the things that stuck out to Lord Chaitanya from Murari Gupta. He was like, your humility bothers me. You may remember there was another part where Rupa and Sanatan showed up to Lord Chaitanya, and he was like, please, please back off your humility. I can't handle it. So it, it so happened that uh, he came around and, and there was another embrace. And Sanatan was wondering, well, what do I do about this? So he consulted with Jagadananda and Jagadananda said, after the Rathiyatra, you should go home or you should go to Vrindavan. Or Chaitanya wants you to go there anyway. And um, so that's, that's what you should do. And Sanatan was like, thanks, that's a good idea. I'll go to Vrindavan. Somehow or other, it came out that Sanatan was going to leave after the Rathiyatra. And Lord Chaitanya found out. And he was like, why did you, why were you going to do that? And Sanatan said, well, Jagadananda told me to do that. He said that would be a good idea. And Lord Chaitanya was like, what? Jagadananda is just a boy. You're an advanced devotee. You're like, I consult you. You know everything. Why are you listening to him? And Sanatan <laughs> took that as, oh, wow. Lord Chaitanya is really intimate with Jagadananda. 
but he's only he's he's putting down Jagadananda, but he's only glorifying me. Why is he not intimate with me? <laughs> and he's like, Jagadananda is so fortunate. This is what Sanatan was thinking. And then Lord Chaitanya tried to set Sanatan straight. He was like, no, it's not like that. I am also intimate with you. It's, it's like, I see you and um, Haridas like my children. And if a mother gets stool and throw up on her body, it pleases the mother or the parent to have that nasty stuff on them. So when I'm embracing you and getting the oozes on my body, I, uh, it, it's, it's, it's a type of intimacy. Anyway, I need to make a long story short because time is just going on and on. Uh, it came down to, as this was all going on, and, and if one wants to read it, you should. I'm not going to read it to you today because it'll take too long. And it's also somewhat boring having someone read the story to you. There's a lot of back and forth, including Haridas Thakur and Sanatan and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And during that time, it's mentioned by Haridas Thakur, who's like, you also embraced Vasudev, the Brahmin Vasudev who had leprosy earlier. You, you are, you don't. And when he mentioned that, this is going to bring us full circle. It was mentioned. So we have Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's embracing Sanatan. And eventually, what happened was Sanatan stayed for a whole year. Usually, people came and stayed for three or four months during the rainy season. But, and Sanatan was planning on leaving. But then, since he discussed it all, this is another thing I'm trying to bring out. This is another what to me is that, okay, Sanatan discussed the idea of killing himself with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and then it was decided that wasn't a good idea. Then Sanatan discussed with Jagadananda, he had a different idea, but then he discussed it again with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and what came out of that was him getting to hang out for a year in Jagannath Puri. Um, there was another, there's another thing. I guess my big point is, and Kanaram made this point a couple of times ago, you can see him on the screen. When you discuss things with others, you get a better idea of what's going on. Because you might get an idea in your head, you know, like, I just, this is the way it is. This is the way I have to do it. But by discussing it with others, we get a fuller understanding. So this is like this idea of discussing things with others, including not only um, topics of Krishna, but topics of our life, which hopefully are, are going to all be the same thing eventually, um, rather than a separate thing. Because sometimes we may think that it's not important to discuss our toothache or our marriage, or our job, or whatever. Um, 
but it's it's all connected. Um, anyway, just to very quickly bring us back to Vasudev and bring us back to Sudama, um, the earlier pastime referred to by Haridas Thakur happened in South India in the Madhya Leela, chapter seven. There's, uh, it's described how Lord Chaitanya went through South India preaching, chanting Krishna, 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 hey, Krishna, 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 hey, and so on. Um, and there's described he met a Brahmin named Kurma, the Kurma Brahmin, and that Brahmin uh, requested to go along with Lord Chaitanya as he went. And Lord Chaitanya, here again, here's a discussion. In the Brahmin's mind, he's like, I should leave my family and go serve the Lord. And then uh, he, he put it forth through him. And then the Lord himself said, that's a bad idea. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> like if he didn't have anyone to consult with, he would have left his family, uh, the Korma Brahmin. So, this Brahmin said, may I follow you? And Lord Chaitanya said, no, go back to your family. This would be a bad idea. Don't give up things like this. Stop acting like a crazy person. Instead, whoever you meet, whoever you run into, discuss with them topics of Krishna. Prabhupada described it, Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam. In this way, become a guru and liberate the land. Uh, if you do this, your materialistic way of life will not hinder you. And in fact, I will be there. This is what he mentioned to the Korma Brahmin. And it was mentioned that all the instruction was like that throughout South India. So it so happened that a Brahmin named Vasudev heard that Lord Chaitanya was at the Korma Brahmin's house. So he showed up the next day and Lord Chaitanya was already gone. So this Brahmin, Vasudev, having leprosy, he was the type of person who had worms eating his body. And when the worm would fall out, he would put the worm back in his body. He was like, hey, worm, you need to. I want you to still be able to live. He was that type of devotee, but a Brahmin. And when he found out that Lord Chaitanya had already left, he, he just fell to the ground. And he was very disappointed. As soon as that happened, Lord Chaitanya showed up. <laughs> it, was like, it was like, period. And he ended up embracing Vasudev. And at that point, Vasudev's leprosy went away and he said a particular verse. And that verse was Kvaham Drijapapiyan Kva Krishna Shi Niketanaha Brahma Bandur Itismaham Bahugyam Varirambitaha. Who am I? A sinful, poor friend of a Brahmin. And who is Krishna? The Supreme Personality of Godhead himself, full with six opulences, nonetheless, 
he's embraced me with his two arms. So there we go, another quote from Sudama Vipra found in the Chaitanya Charitamrita and a lot of connections between Marari Gupta, uh, Ramachandra, uh, servants of Lord Ram, in this uh, whole idea of devotee association and the play between understanding vaidhi or etiquette and not wanting to give the Lord trouble, but him still being intimately associated with his devotees. And that was really the main points that I was trying to get to today. I apologize if it was a little convoluted. We've been all over the place this week. Oh, I've got to figure out. I'm going to call Gopal. If there's any question, comment, correction, especially admonishment, as we can see, Mr. Saints, uh, thumbs up last time was showing that he does not, he wasn't favoring me with that. But uh, we're trying to figure out how to, oh. They should be able to unmute. I don't know if you can unmute or if you want to unmute or if in the chat or even on Facebook, if there's anybody out there. Anything further? I don't know. Is it able to unmute? I don't know. I, I unmuted everyone. Oh, okay. That's fine. Now something's rising. There's some, something in the chat. Oh. Thank but, you very much. Okay. Our, our mouse is malfunctioning. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully it's still there.
Okay. Can you still hear me? I think you can. <laughs> yes. Something happened with our computer and I'm just wondering if I'm still coming through. Can someone tell me with a voice that you can hear me? Okay, thank you, I appreciate it. Because I'm just yeah. seeing black <laughs> All right, well, thank you very much for the question. And um, if I understand the question correctly, I, I did mention in that verse that it said the association of devotees finishes one's material life, but it doesn't appear that that really happens because material life is still going on. And, you know, what is that about? And that's a good question. And I'm glad that you called me out on that one. Um, basically, yeah, I guess I should say that it's the beginning of the end of material life. When one comes into the association of devotees, as our Guru Maharaj says, I guess the answer to the question, is there more, is answered with yes. There is more, and it, it isn't something that, I guess, happens suddenly in the sense that I ran into devotees, and then now my material life is over, although it could go something like this, and this may speak to some of the stages that happen, and this is just my little take on this. When we first come into contact with devotees, oftentimes, well, at least for me, I'll, I'll just speak about my uh, experience. I ended up joining an ashram. So it, the first, I was firmly kind of in the Kanishta category. And that is where, also called the Prakrita Bhakta, uh, or external devotee, where there's a firm line between what we think is material, what we think is spiritual, and a lot of black and white thinking occurs, and it's useful for that time. Um, so it, it, it was, for me, it was, it was, in a sense, a jumping out of material life, into the ashram, into what I thought was spiritual life. So adopting a particular, you know, shaving my head, wearing the dress of a devotee, engaging in the processes at the ashram that I lived at, um, while still, you know, in a kind of firm way. Um, there's a, another stage that Bhavanabha Swami has been talking about, which is going from the Kanishta to the Madhyama, where one integrates their spiritual life. So it becomes not so much that I have my material life and my spiritual life, 
but that I have my life. But my life is really being lived to pursue bhakti. To come from it from another angle, when a person first, generally when a person first comes in contact with Krishna or spiritual life or devotees, our comfort and discomfort is centered around what is pleasing to the mind and senses and what is displeasing. So we are trying to do, we're searching for comfort and we're trying to avoid discomfort. The idea with sadhana bhakti is that we hope to change that idea to the, another idea of we try to do things that are favorable for devotional service and avoid things that are unfavorable. So in doing that, and, and at a certain point, we're thinking of ourselves, I am the body uh, at the very beginning. I'm the body and things that make my body and mind uncomfortable or bad. And things that make my body and mind comfortable are good. And this idea of I am not the body enters to play. But to integrate things further, we come to an idea of the sadhaka deha. And then actually it's good that I have a body and this body can be used for guru and Krishna's service. And therefore I'll take care of the body and I'm doing things for the health of my body with an aim that this is good for my spiritual progress. So coming to a point of, and it, it Kanishta is, is black and white. I thought I left material life and that I went to spiritual life. And oftentimes in this integration, we start to think maybe I didn't and I'm more fallen than I thought I was. And I guess I'm just saying that, that it is actually a gradual process. At the same time, as soon as it's done, it was done. But at the same time, it does appear <laughs> to be gradual. Uh, and if I was astute, I could quote uh, <laughs> uh, different devotees um, and acharyas uh, pinpointing these stages, but I apologize, I am not. But either way, Ganishta, and then we were trying to come to Madhyama. Madhyama is a thing where we still have friends. Our friends are devotees of Krishna, and we try to help others out and innocent people out and, and our object of love tries to be Krishna. And we try to avoid um, envious people. And while doing that, we may find that what we previously thought was material, actually, like I'm saying before, we thought I am not the body, but now I am, I am using the sadhaka deha, I am the body. 
what we previously thought was material actually is a tool to be used to go forward. So at a certain point, one will see that like everything is part of my story of becoming more Krishna conscious. That means the good things, so-called good things are Krishna's mercy. And the so-called bad things are Krishna's mercy. And if we can look at our own story and the story of those around us who are part of our story through the eyes of Shastra and through this lens of trying to always make progress in Krishna consciousness, then we'll find to a certain degree that uh, our life is actually one, uh, our material life has ended and is no longer there. Because if we thought about, we wouldn't even think about it. If we thought about it briefly, it's like, hey, I think I'm going to really go after material life. And even sometimes we'll go down it. Okay, I'll give a personal example. I, I used to be somewhat of a musician. I'm pretty good at music. And a few years ago, I went to a music school and I played the saxophone and other uh, instruments. I was pretty good at jazz music. And, and I started seeing some of the guys that I went to school with playing with famous jazz artists. And I thought to myself, I could have been a great musician. So I got my saxophone back out. <laughs> and I spent like a year, uh, not even a year, but I started practicing my saxophone. I started going out and playing with good musicians. And they're like, wow, you're pretty good. And I thought, yes, I'm pretty good. And by going down that route, I found, oh, I have no interest in this anymore. And I just put my saxophone back in the case and went on with my life. That was my integration. It could have been a different integration where someone used the saxophone in a spiritual way to go further in their path. But mine was just dabbling, putting a foot in there and then saying, oh, this part of my material life is gone. Um, at this point, you may be regretting asking the question as I drone on and on, but uh, I, I don't think there's a real clear, I mean, we could answer uh, the, the question, say the material life ended here, or now it, it ended there, and then my association with devotees is pure here, but I would say that our most useful association with the devotees would be when we become friends with the devotees and we start to understand the art of association, which takes a little bit of knowledge and uh, paying attention to understand how that works. And the biggest part of it all would be honesty. Just honest with where I'm at. And in that way, we can uh, get the most out of our association. That was kind of a non-answer and I apologize. And if someone else has something to 
add. <laughs> Hopefully I addressed something. Hopefully something was useful. Um, thank you for making me contemplate the subject. Okay. Anything else? I don't, I don't know if I can even look at Facebook. We pressed a button on our computer that made the screen go that way. Uh, and we can't get it back. <laughs> so I'm looking. Can anyone look at, usually no one puts a question on Facebook. If someone's able, they can look at it and say um, if anyone said anything. Lucky for you guys, next time will be the last time of this series. And for next time, if you have it available, uh, I think we're going to try to look at, okay, the section in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu about Dasya and about Sakya. And there will also, we'll look at Advaita Charya's idea of Dasya and oh there's a virtual hand up is it Mitra you want to say something yes okay great unmute yourself can you yeah great fantastic all right um I like the point you made about uh whether you're quoting Padmanabha Swami the synthesis between Kanishta and Madhyam. And that really helped me understand how neophyte devotees or even some devotees a little further along when you just start talking about something that's not directly related to Krishna, they get really disturbed, they get really agitated. But as, as you progress, you start to like, well, this is my life. Um, the uh, Krishna activities have kind of blended in with your saxophone playing. And so practicing scales is like, okay, it's part of my service. And uh, whereas in the beginning, practicing scales would just seem like this is mundane. It's a complete waste of time. Um, but as we progress, then um, it becomes like the three things with that verse you're talking about, bhakti, parish, anubhava, virakti, ranyatra, Shat, um, pushti, tushti, pushti. I only have that far memorized in the verse, but you get nourishment, satisfaction, and relief from hunger. Um, and there was the somebody saying, like, when Sridhar Maharaj reads the newspaper, it's the same as a normal person reading the Vedas. Um, so as our life progresses, we our scope for what can inspire us also seems to expand. So just like you and Amal Sham loading roofing tin onto a trailer becomes like a, a spiritual event. Oh, okay, I just wanted to throw that out, see what you do with it. You don't have to do anything. <laughs> you can agree or... 
don't think there's anything I have to do with it, except for uh, it comes to my mind, this idea of the way becoming rather narrow, it's now broad. Yeah. And I'm sure you've had that experience too, that, yeah, I actually, I'm not advocating this, but sometimes you'll watch a movie and it'll be like, wow, you know, I don't know why this remembrance of Krishna or, you know, it's like, wow, this is really helpful to me. It helps me see this from another angle. Yes. Um, and Guru Maharaj also talked, used to talk about that in the sense of uh, realization, uh, a um, literal, and that's kind of more Kanishna maybe, then a, uh, interpretive meaning that maybe we'll use other traditions and other information and, and put it side by side with our bhakti information and then esoteric the esoteric looks a lot like the um literal but esoteric is, is means that it's really it's it's hitting you now um or something's actually happening uh from, from a, a there's no interpretation needed it, it, it just um, it happens so that, that that came to my mind but this integration is all about interpretive um, and, and that's being involved in the world because at first this idea is that Krishna is only in the temple and only in a pure devotee and these are things from that Bhagavatam verse about the Kanishta devotee but then we find out, well, hold on, Krishna's actually everywhere. And he's much bigger than we ever thought he was. And with the right mindset, we find the environment is actually friendly. <laughs> but uh, I, I would just add the one thing is that sometimes it's good to make the, the decision to bring up Krishna with others, because sometimes we may be shy to, not that we have to be like what you're talking about, which I definitely have been like in the past of, you know, why are we talking about cheat rock, you know, <laughs> or whatever. Uh, but, you know, also we miss out sometimes on, on if we only talked about putting the, the uh, roofing in the trailer when Amal Sham and I got together, we would have missed out. But I did mention to him that I had a toothache as well. But geez, I mean, Lord Chaitanya talks like that too. He, he's like, how's your family doing? Anyway, Mitchell, you got more. Yeah. Well, Hi. you were, I was about to say, and you already said it, that oh. we do have to spend some time directly discussing Bhagavatam and such topics. And when we do go off and see the world in a broad way, and we just think I'm so broad minded, I don't need these other things, then when we come back to, what, uh, you know, the literal, the direct, being with devotees, being with pure devotees, being with Krishna, being in a temple, then it just seems so much more profound. And we have more of an appetite for it when we're away from it for a while. And we appreciate it so much more. After listening to Monday, I think we lost you, Mitra. Yep, am I back? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay. 
All right. So anyway, after listening to mundane psychology, which I find interesting, then coming back and reading what's in the Bhagavad Gita, it's like, yeah, okay. And also it kind of gives me a more broad perspective and more appreciation for what's being said there. He, Krishna has summed up this much words into this little one shloka. Uh, all right, so I will pass it back to you. I'm not gonna keep talking at this point, it's one o'clock. And to be honest, I, I would always like to hear myself say more stuff, but <laughs> I'm not gonna subject anyone else to that. <laughs> I think these are important. Thank you very much for saying something, uh, Mitra. And I, I think this is very exciting uh, when we integrate the spiritual message into our lives. And that's, that's really what this idea of what, so what, now what was trying to get at. So uh, I think we'll end there unless there really is somebody else who needs to Nope, don't hear anything, don't see anything. All right, thank you, Kali Yuga Pavana. Thank you, everyone, for being here. And Vanchakalpa Trivascha, Kripasindu, Yavacha, Patitanam Pavane, Vyo, Vaishnavi, Vyo, Maha, Snat Goswami Ki, Jai. I don't know if we're even able to end our call. Yeah, we I have, can do it. Okay. Okay. My, my wife's going to figure it out with her hands. All right, Krishna. We'll see if it goes away. Good to see you, who we saw. And we're still here. <laughs> Maybe we'll just need to turn off the computer. <laughs> we're just going to have to turn the computer off. Hopefully that'll do it. Of course, anyone can leave or turn themselves off at any point. Or you can just... Oh, it came hey, back. we're back. All right, this time for real. Goodbye. <laughs> but is it? <laughs>